The virtual doors are now officially open for a multi-stream machine, and we are thrilled because you know what this means? It means you can grab our exact turnkey system to 2x to 4x your sales and grow your revenue streams to create a sustainable business that makes you money in months, not years. It means you can go from a business with sales trickling in to a stable and growing business, one that supports itself and contributes to your income. Not only does this sound crazy exciting, but it is phenomenal. We've seen thousands of fellow product business owners thrive during these uncertain times because they have created two things in their business. Stability and options. It means 2020 will not stop you from growing your sales and revenue streams. The three important areas of a successful entrepreneur to-do list are create opportunities for more sales and more places, create repeatable systems that save you time and money, create visibility that creates awareness where your customers are actually buying. But where do you start? That's where multi-stream machine comes in. We give you the step-by-step solutions minus the guesswork to transform your business and ultimately your life into the life you want. So Jacqueline, how does multi-stream machine work? Well, it's a Netflix and binge style implementation program where you get access to the full course all at once because you know, we hold nothing back. That means you'll get a complete step-by-step instruction so you can take action immediately and make money immediately. And here's what you'll learn. You'll learn how to make more sales, grab more visibility, and generate revenue from your products across multiple platforms. And these will work for you even during a year like 2020. So what are you waiting for? Multi-stream machine is open, but only for a very limited time. Click on the link in the show links or head to multistreammachine.com. We'll see you over there. Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we help product-based businesses grow their sales and improve their strategies. Hey, everyone. I want to introduce you to my co-host and biz bestie, Mina Kunlo-Sita, an Amazon guru that has built a multi-six-figure product-based business. In introducing the other half of the Product Boss, Jacqueline Snyder. She has helped launch and grow over 500 fashion apparel and accessory brands, even one of her own. And together, we share our inventory of secret weapons that will help you dig deep and do the work it takes. Are you ready? Let's build together. Hey everybody, Jacqueline and Mina here, your co-hosts of the Product Boss Podcast. Today, we will be sharing a conversation we had with a fellow female founder. You see, we believe women helping women is what the world needs more of. Introducing our female founder episodes, where we interview fellow female entrepreneurs and highlight their small business. Our goal is to shine a spotlight on product businesses to encourage our community to support each other, learn from each other, buy from each other, and lift each other up. So let's jump in. Hey everyone, we are so excited to bring you another Female Founders episode. So today we have a very special guest. She has worked with us. We know her, we've seen the growth of her business, and we're just so thrilled to bring her to you because she has so much to share. So we're excited to welcome Annika. Bennett's Shaloff. She is the founder of Hey Mavens. You've probably heard us talk about this business often. And she's going to share with you how to put on your big girl panties and show up live because Annika has a lingerie brand and she has 
really leaned into her community. She's shown up live for the past year and she has seen a transformation in her business. And we cannot wait to share those tips with you here. Hey, Annika. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. We're so excited to have you. So really quickly for all of our listeners that don't know Hey Mavens, would you mind sharing a little bit about it? Sure. So I'll try to make the longest story very short. Um, I, I have a BFA in fashion design. That's sort of like how I got into being a fashion designer. And I graduated in 2011, but sort of fast forward, um, Hey Mavens was born out of like maybe two previous failed businesses. When I graduated, my thesis was in maternity wear. And so I started making maternity clothing and then my clients needed baby clothing when their babies were born. But like, I didn't know anything about babies or maternity clothing or whatever. So that sort of like crashed and burned in I think about 2014. And I was like, I'm never having a business again. I'm not good at business. Like that's never, that's not happening. But I basically like two and a half weeks weeks later, I started a new business, which is what Hey Mavens is now. It was called Married and Bright at the time. And it was mostly bridal lingerie. I was actually a wedding planner when I started uh, Married and Bright. But then I sort of found that um, I was so pigeonholed into like, white lace. And I was very bored of that. So um, in 2018, I actually rebranded to Hey Mavens. And Hey Mavens is a line of handmade lingerie. It's produced all here in Nashville, Tennessee. It has a body positive and body neutral slant, and it's all ethically produced locally. I love and it's that. so cute. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so amazing. So and where do you sell or how do you sell right now? Um, I mostly sell through my own e-commerce website. Um, and then I'm also on Etsy. I'm on a bunch of wholesale platforms. Um, so I'm carried in a few stores. Um, but mostly it is um, all coming right here from the studio directly out to our customers from our website. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you went through a, a rebrand, a restructuring, a rebrand in 2018. Mm-hmm. So it was a couple years. How has your growth been since then? Yeah, it was pretty... Um, it was a little bit slow to start. I will say that like the rebrand definitely like reinvigorated me and got me really excited about um about about what I was doing and it freed me up like I was not I didn't have to do white lace anymore. I could do anything I wanted. Um so I will say like coming from um a business with a different name and a different idea, it definitely started to pick up, but I 2020 was a completely revolutionary year for me. It just I finally feel like I've, I don't know, I don't want to say like figured it out, but it's finally like happening (laughs) um, in a way that is really gratifying. And not to pat ourselves on our own backs, myself (laughs) and Jacqueline, but that is the year that Annika started working with us. (laughs) That is true. Yes. (laughs) It is. I mean, it, it just, it's the fact that Annika wanted to take, take, um, action, like massive action in your business. And I know 2020 was definitely a year of growth because I think, you know, you and I, Mina always talks about it, that you and I have very similar backgrounds. Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought you guys kindreds yeah. Um, yeah. because you have similar backgrounds. You both started in lingerie, both have a little touch. I thought I was going to be a bridal wedding, designer yeah, into wedding <laughs> industry and both very much um, light up when it comes to showing up on video and being a part of community and just, you know, that exchange of conversation that happens, even though it's virtual and even though it's online. So I think that we've seen you just bloom on video and online, whether it was live or pre-recorded. But I remember when you first started working with us, you did a video intro to yourself and it was one of your very first. I mean, you went from zero to 1000, I feel like, you know, yeah. So can you kind of just go through that journey a little bit and how that has changed your business? 
Yeah. In terms of video, I feel like I've been sort of doing stories and my husband is actually a cinematographer. So I've had some opportunity for him to like make very professional looking videos. Like in the past, we've worked with like models and done like these big photo shoots and things. But I think so I've like I've dabbled in that in the past. But I think in 2020, I committed to really showing up with my own face, whether it was like on stories on Facebook, um, directly in the like Instagram feed, but just in a really sort of raw and unpolished way. Like I told my husband right before I got on this podcast, he was like, oh, if I if you told me I would have set up a microphone, given you better camera and, blah, blah, blah. and like he loves things to look really polished. But um, sometimes just doing the quick and dirty way of like, hi, I'm here. This is my face. Let me talk to you. I think that that has been pretty instrumental um, over the course of the year of my customers feeling like they know who I am. They have access to me. I'm a real person. Um, it's a personal brand. And so, yeah, basically I committed in 2020 to not every day, but most days showing up on stories and talking with my face directly to camera about pretty much whatever, what, what was going on in my day, um, promoting products, pitching products, um, asking for the sale, talking about um, things that are going on in my personal life. And I think, yeah, that's been major. That, and that just the story component, just being on Instagram was... Um, a really great way to just grow my audience and um, reach new people and feel let my audience feel accessible to me. But the other thing that I did is um, Facebook lives where it's like being on like QVC or whatever, where I'm like, ta-da, here's the product, come buy it. Um, and that you're always was, stretching, <laughs> stretching. Yeah, like, look at this fabric, you know, I'm like pulling it and saying like, look at the color and the velvet and it's soft and trying to I know you guys always talk about with like, when people are promoting candles, like try and smell the candle and describe She's the scent. But She's doing what yeah. I do. Yeah. <laughs> the velvet. I mean. Yeah. But it's, it's like, hey, can you see like what this material is, how it stretches, what it looks like? Because for most people, they don't get to touch the product until it's been shipped to them and it's in their house and they're holding it. So um, being able to do these sort of product demos, if you will, um, mm -hmm. on Facebook Live in my group um, has been really, really fun. First of all, um, I think it's the extrovert in me that I'm like, I just want to be, I want to be a star. I want to be on camera. You are a star. <laughs> um, also, I want to point out that she's not showing up in the lingerie. You know, oh, we get yeah. some pushback of hey, have them try on the jewelry, put on the jewelry. We're not saying you need to try on the lingerie. She does it in a different way. That's her own way. And I think that that people can feel it through her, even when she's expanding on, a, you know, um, a, a bra, right? Like mm -hmm. how it You'll use a mannequin to yeah, show yeah. the body. Yeah, like I'll put it on my, I have, I think, four or five mannequins that I'll put on like behind me and then um, I'll have them like stacked around um, and then I can stretch and show them up close and the texture and everything. So they can sort of see how it fits on the mannequin, but then also get a more like macro view of um, what the actual materials are and the construction and stuff. So I want to just go back first to Instagram stories, then we can move forward into Facebook. But I feel like a lot of listeners right now might be saying, well, they don't care about the personal stuff. Like, what do I talk about? Right. They, they might be saying, like, how do I have anything to do with selling my soaps or my candles or my jewelry or my kids stuff? So I, we get that pushback a lot. And you, I mean, there's a few things that you talk about. Like one, we know that your customers really like the office or mm -hmm. Twilight, right? There's there's a couple of things that are pop culture that you've pulled in because you like it and you talk a lot about it. But what would you say? Because you've shared, um, I mean, you've shared so many personal things. Yeah. I mean, there was a social, so many social movements 
that were important, including, you know, I know we don't, we're not saying that bring in like politics, but for you, you, it stood for something for you. So you, I mean, you went deep in a lot of the personal stuff you shared, but maybe you can just kind of share that with our product bosses that are like, do they care that I'm drinking coffee or do they want to, do they want to hear about my personal experiences? How, how can they approach that? Yeah, I think for me, like, like, yeah, you mentioned a couple of like the hallmarks of my, my guess, my personal brand is like that I, I do talk about the office and Twilight and body positivity. And, you know, like I have eggs on my wall and I love bananas, like people like that sort of quirky stuff. But I, over the last four years of my life, my husband and I have been trying to expand our family and we've been going through infertility. I've had losses and I decided that I wanted to share about that um, in the you know, medium sized public platform that I have, because when I was first going through that, I didn't know a single person to turn to or to talk to about the hardships that I was going through. And so I wanted to be that person for other people. And so that my, my infertility journey is totally unrelated to the actual product. But it's something that I am comfortable sharing about and glad that I shared about because I want to do more than just spit product out into the world and um, sort of if I can run this message alongside of promoting I products. Think, I think it does have to do with it. Actually, my impression is that it does. I guess so. I think um, oh, one thing that really happened to me through the losses and in infertility was feeling a really big disconnect with my own body and not trusting mm-hmm. my body and um, not feeling right in my own skin. And something that helped me connect to that was putting underwear on and dancing in front of the mirror and speaking positive affirmations over myself and saying like, you know, I think I started, I came from a place of body positivity of saying like, I look beautiful, I am beautiful. And then it really moved more into the body neutrality um, realm, which is basically saying that like, you know, I don't have to love my body to love myself. My body is just a body. It's the tool that I use in my life. It's the vessel that holds my spirit, my soul, whatever you want to say. And to just say like, it doesn't matter what I look like. I have inherent value that cannot be taken away from me, no matter what I look like, no matter what I experience. Um, And that I think is a, is a way that those sort of those Venn diagrams do come together that, that, yeah, when I was having a hard time um, feeling okay, there was other aspects um, that I could, I could sort of lean on and make myself feel, feel good again. Yeah. I think that we all try to control our bodies in certain ways. And I think having a baby is one of them. You know, we, yeah. we want to have a baby when we want to have a baby. And then with you sharing that story, I think we, a lot of us resonate with that story, but also that letting go of the trying to control your body mm-hmm. and then stopping yourself from buying lingerie because your body needs to quote unquote, look a certain way or do yeah. a certain thing when you want it to, you totally. know? Yeah. I hear that all the time from my customers of like, Oh, once I do X, Y, and Z, I'm going to order something from you. And I sort of push back and I say, well, you don't have to do that. You can still order from me. And like, also you don't have to order from me personally. Like you can still treat yourself. You're allowed to eat whatever you want. You can move your body in the way that you want. You can, before um, <laughs> the pandemic goes, that you can go on the trip that you've been wanting to do. Like um, that I hear a lot of times people are just holding themselves back from experiences or the things that they desire um, because they're waiting for something to change usually about the way that they look. And so I just kind of push back gently against that and just say like, you don't, you don't have to hold yourself back, like treat yourself, enjoy your life, enjoy your body. And that, and that's a message I also like need to hear myself sometimes too. 
So, I mean, this is a very vulnerable place that you've come from. And I know that your brand hasn't been built on that, but you were willing to share it. And I think, and just correct me if I'm wrong, do you, you typically talk about that stuff more in stories versus your feed? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I do say that for stories. And I've also been using my close friend, close friends list on Instagram to share more about that too, because um, I know that, that that content can be somewhat triggering or people want a warning before they hear about that stuff. So I say like, anybody is welcome to join that list, just request it and I'll add you to it. And you'll hear more, more in detail about that. But um, I do share more about that in stories probably than in posts. Um, But it's just, it's sort of maybe like a pillar of, of content or a pillar of the brand that this is, this is me. Like I, I am very much part of this brand. This brand came from me and this is a very big thing that I'm going through in my life. Um, And in 2021, we're probably going to do IVF. And so I think, um, in a way I'm sort of prepping my audience that like, I may be MIA, like that things may be a little bit different this year as like, I am taking hormones and basically going through a major medical event. Um, but I think all that's to say is that like, um, that I want to basically tell people that like, it's okay, whatever you're going through, I'm here for you. And like, if I can be a tiny part of bringing you joy, especially through 2020, when everyone was having a hard time that people would message me and say like, you know, getting a package from you was the most exciting part of my entire month. And it really made me feel better. Like that felt great for me. And it means like, it's all worth it. I think that when you're showing up in stories too, a lot of times people are concerned of, do they care? Do they care? And should I put it up there? I remember following a series of your stories, even before you worked with us, where um, some baby or some baby birds had hatched in a... Yeah, like in a birdhouse uh, on my the birdhouse. Yeah. yeah. And every day you showed those birds and how they developed and the, the mom coming back and all those things. And I was like, it was, I don't know, you called it like the birdhouse saga or something. Yeah. And you would think that that n- doesn't pertain to anybody. But the thing is that when you're showing up, I think that people have to remember that you're showing up and they have the choice to follow you or not. And if they choose to unfollow you, it has nothing to do with you. They just probably don't have the time for it or they're, you know, like, like you, you get to show up how you want to show up. Yeah. I was really interested in those birds. Like I was was really interesting. I learned so much about baby birds. Yeah. I swear (laughs) like those birds got more attention than like anything I've ever done. Everyone was like, when are the eggs going to hatch? Like, are the birds going to fly the coop? Like it, and like, I missed, I missed the day that the birds flew the coop. And I was, it was heartbreaking because I wanted to see them leave. Like it was a whole thing, but (laughs) people did care. And then if like, once the birds left and they were like, oh, bird content is over and they they decided to unfollow me like that like you said it's fine like I think you guys talk about this a lot on the um on podcasts and and other media um of the like push pull um and so I'm I sort of like love unfollowers because I'm like okay leave unfollow unsubscribe from my email list so I don't have to pay for you like if you don't if you don't want to be here, that is totally fine. And don't clog up my, you know, my stuff by hanging around out of like pity or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, please don't unfollow me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but truly, like, I think that, um, you know, people can get hung up on like numbers or unfollows and stuff like that. And that's not the end all be all is like getting to the highest number. It's you, I, I think that you really do want an audience that is interested in what you're talking about. Um, because if I'm talking about underwear all day long and they're like, I don't care about that. Yeah. Like, why are you here? I'm never going to sell you something. <laughs> so what's yeah. the point? And yeah. I think, and I think that's the thing for everyone to think about. It's like, uh, there's just this mentality sometimes like, why do they care? Well, if you care about it, as part of your day and you can capture it, then everyone can, you know, they're participating. I, Mina and I share an account 
I never saw the birds. So I also <laughs> probably, probably just, I was watching it and it was our stories and it moved to the end. Yeah. <laughs> but, but just, I think there's a bird that. highlight if you need to go. Okay. Back. <laughs> but thinking about that though, is that not everyone's going to see everything. Right. And not, right. And I'll bet you there's certain things I've seen you post about, like probably twilight. Cause I think I'm mm-hmm. way more into twilight than Mina is um, <laughs> that I will resonate with certain parts that I've captured in my day. Right. That kind of stick out and resonate. So, would you mind just quickly sharing some of those pillars of content that you might be sharing in stories that, that just so people can wrap their minds around it as they're thinking, well, what would I share? Yeah, I think um, people love to see just like what you're doing. What do you do all day? Um, I, I always wonder that about other people's jobs. Like, okay, they go to their office and then what? So people love to just see like, yeah, what are you like me making stuff? Um, I think that that's a big thing is just like sort of the behind the scenes, like any, and even the behind the scenes of not what's just in the business, but like, this is what, you know, I made whipped coffee, which was a big trend in 2020. Like I made whipped coffee for like a week straight and tried different recipes. People cared about that. I think sharing the things that you are really interested in, like I am genuinely dedicated to Twilight. Like that is my jam. Um, And Twilight's having a big moment right now. And there are other people out in the world that really care about it too. So if you have some nerdy, weird thing that you are in love with, I think, share that. Um, I also, I have an affinity for like fried eggs and in my bathroom, there's, um, like banana wallpaper that I painted. And so like, I'm anytime, anytime you see like a banana in the wild, a banana design element, tag me, I want to see it. So those are just sort of like the sort of funny, quirky things, but sharing about my own like personal, um, journey towards motherhood and also talking about like some sort of maybe more controversial, um, things, things that stir people up is talking about like, um, garment production um, made ethically, what's going on in the like fashion industry about like a lot of garment workers not, in, not getting paid. Um, I've shared a lot about that over the summer. And then talking about body positivity, like I'll show up a, a, once a week or so I try and just say like, hey, like you, you should love yourself. And here's, you know, here's a reason why like you don't, you don't need an excuse to you don't need an excuse to love yourself. Here's just go ahead and do it. That's the reason. Um, so yeah, I think that that you could maybe grab five things out of your life that you that you I think if you're excited about it, people get excited about it too. And the people that are already excited about it, like the other people of the Twilight fandom, they came running in to come talk to me about Twilight. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. meanwhile, in your feed, you're selling them lingerie, yeah. you know, and they're, and they're, they're getting to know, like, and trust you and deciding like, do I like this brand? I'm going to hang out here. Like, we're just going to hang out and chat. And then something might pop up in their feed and they're like, Ooh, you know, especially because if you're attracting women, all women can wear, I mean, underwear, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So at some point in the, in their time on your feed, they may say like, yes, now is the time to buy. Yeah. And I will do like a hard pitch every once in a while in the stories of like, here, I have this thing and here's the reason why it's good. And, and do a full, like four to five minutes of just talking the screen about like, these are the five reasons why you should buy this. And then sometimes at the end, give either like a a discount code or free shipping or whatever of just like buy it now. So sometimes it's like me hanging out on my couch with my dog and people also my dog bucket is like internet famous. People always want to see your dog, no matter what your pets. Um, so sometimes it's that of just like knocking around doing whatever. And then sometimes it's like, okay, now it's time to buy something. Like put your money where your mouth is. Let's see it. So let's move to the other thing that was a huge game changer in your business was Facebook lives. So 
if you have been around for any time or you've taken any of our courses or workshops that I've done, I'm always like, like kind of like Annika said, I'll pick something up and show you how to sell it, holding your hand, like in your hands. And so that's something that you really lean into. And I'd love for you to also share some of those amazing three minute, you know, sold out in three minute type things that happened to you last year. Yeah. 2020 was like, at the same time that it was like a very personally hard year, it was also an epic year for my business. And I think that that there were a number of times where I showed up in my Facebook group. And like, a few minutes later, I had nothing like I was like, I guess I can't talk about anything anymore, because it's gone. Like you guys have it all. Um, So I have a private Facebook group, I think it has like maybe 700 members, it's less than a 1000 people. But you started Uh, it in 2020, right? I've had it for a couple of years, but it wasn't it wasn't what it is now. Like it wasn't very active. I just want to jump in real quick because I don't want everyone to be like, oh my God, I have to go start a Facebook group now. So just (laughs) pause and listen. But what, when you built this group, what was the basis around it to get people to join? The main draw was that you get exclusive, either exclusive items, exclusive discounts or early access. That was the big thing is early access is that I would um, launch either 24 hours or an hour ahead of the general public my group Maven Haven would get um, early access where I would say like, okay, you guys, here you go. (laughs) Like no one else has access to this. Um, And a lot of times I would sell out before the general public would even get it, which (laughs) like it's, it's all well and good to sell out, but then you have to go to like, Instagram and be like, sorry, like nothing's left. <laughs> they should get into your group, right? Yeah, exactly. So then I'm like, okay, well, if you missed out this time, get in the group. And I think that helped it um, grow for sure. But yeah, there were there were a number of times this year where, yeah, like I I think one of the big ones was in August. I launched um, the flannels, which are sort of like a wrap. It's basically big piece of fabric, two holes for arms. It's got pom pom trim. It's really cute, like a wrap kind of flannel capey thing. Um, so I launched those I think around noon, and those sold out I think in like thirteen minutes. And then I went downstairs, I scrambled, I sewed a bunch more, and then launched them again at like maybe three p.m. or four p.m. and sold out again like the same day, um, which was you know mind boggling and wonderful. And it yeah, I was like, Oh, okay, this is totally working. Like the if you um, show up with some level of exclusivity, and and everybody I had sort of I'd done a, a very sort of I, I think I did a good job of a preamble of like, okay, here, here's photos of it. Here's it. Here's um, the cape moving and and did a lot of promotion on Instagram and in the Facebook group. And then when it came time, like, okay, the, the doors are open. It was, it was like the floodgates open. And everybody was like, it was like cabbage patch dolls on in a black Friday. (laughs) Yeah. I think that that actually was the key thing that everybody should take from this, right? It's not so much the Facebook group. So again, pause on the Facebook group. We also had Susan Gordon Pottery, who has been, has she been on the podcast? She's in our mastermind, but she drops things just like um, Annika does and three, uh, she drops them on her website. So Mm -hmm. that has her place instead of Facebook group. And they're gone in three minutes, literally. Right. Yeah, so when I'm launching in the Facebook group, it, it does direct them to the website, but I sort of do, I do like a week long of promoting it. Then we go uh-huh. live and I do um, tw- 15 to 20 minutes of saying, this is what it is. This is how it fits. These are the sizes uh-huh. we have available explaining the collection. And then I open it and it's a link to the website. So you could do that on Instagram live. You could do that in an email. Yep. Um, you could, but I think having, having launch times, launch days and saying like, now is the time to go um, building up that hype and that um, sort of, FOMO feeling of like, get it now or miss out. Um, I think it it was a, a driving factor um, in these launches being so successful. 
Yeah. And, and the, li- the live aspect, right? So I think what we're all hearing here is one, you know, Annika stepped in to become the face of her brand. You know, she's not wearing her lingerie, but you are trusting Annika with your body. You like the brand you you're, cause I always tell everyone they buy more than your, they're not buying your product. They're buying what's around your product, the yep. brand, the brand story, they're yeah. feeling when they're wearing it. Right. Um, so, so she's done that by showing up and then by having this group and showing up live and doing these live sales, like you said, you can do it. So many people are like cringing right now. Like, <laughs> Don't make me go live. But they need a place to be and to, a place to go. So it can be an yeah. Instagram live. Mm-hmm. It can be a Facebook live. It's the exact same thing. I guess I want to rephrase this and reframe it for some of you thinking that when you go in person, if, if you know that your in-person shows do the best, you're great in person. You show up behind that table with all of your stuff displayed and you're able to sell and that's your place. It's the same thing online. It's the same thing on video. You're actually able to access way more people at once and they can transact without you having to take their card in and, and do the checkout. So I just want you to shift that in your mind as you're thinking like, I don't want to be the face of my brand. If you do in-person sales, you can do this too. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think um, the the thing about lives too, is that there's the social aspect of it. People would go and buy something and then come back and say, yay, I got my thing. I got this color. I got this version or whatever. And so I think it was a fun sort of community thing for the people in the Facebook group or, or on the live could chat amongst themselves. Um, which I think was another sort of fun element and also contributed to people being like, well, they got it. I better get mine. Mm-hmm. Think also, about it. When you go to a trade show or you're at a booth, you know, when you see all the people in front of a booth and you're like, wait, and there's the rubbernecks are like, what's happening over there? And I need to come over there too. And then everyone's buying things. You feel that scarcity of like, I need to buy something too, right? It yeah. that's You're able to replicate that online. But go ahead, yeah. Nina. And also, I wanted to say, Annika really treats people like they're more than numbers, right? We're talking about sellout rates here, three minutes, all these things. And it it seems, you know, grand and fantastic. Like they're all numbers and a record to break, but it's not. She actually just, after she would sell those capes, she actually would show all of the people that would tag her whirling in them. You know how they have that swirl effect yeah. to it. And so they gave a name to the faces of the people that actually got their hands on one. And I think that that shows the relationship and the two way of this transaction happening. It's more than the transactions. It's more than being sold out. It's definitely about the fact that they trusted you because perhaps because of the bird saga and the story (laughs) that paved the way to them being like, "Ooh, I want one of those so badly. And then she's going to shout me out because I actually got my hands on one of them. Yeah, I think like what you were just saying, Jacqueline, about like um, the trade show. What's so interesting about that is like one of the reasons why I closed down my maternity and baby brand was at a trade show. I had a moment where I was looking at the booth next to me and they were selling out. Things were going crazy and I, I no one was in my booth and I felt like a loser pretty much. Um, and that broke me down. Like I actually went home that night and I cried so hard that I, I gave myself two black eyes. Like I didn't even know that was a thing that could happen. I looked like I got in a fist fight the next morning because I was so upset and I felt like I felt like such a failure and I think um looking back at that like it was never about like that that brand was better than me or I wasn't good at selling like clearly I'm good at selling <laughs> like I can do it now I think it was just a matter of one having the confidence to show up and say okay we're doing this I'm selling and also feeling connected to the people that are in my community um like what you just said Nina about 
Um, once people bought it, then they, they would send me videos of them wearing their capes or people will send me selfies of them in their lingerie, you know? Uh And I think that's like, I feel so much more attached to and invested in, in my customers and my community that like, it's not just about like making a sale, taking their money and, and sending the thing. Like I, it is so gratifying to me when somebody get something in the mail and they really enjoy it and it improves their day or brings them some sort of joy like that that is so much more valuable to me than you know that moment standing in a big hall with somebody selling out next to me and feeling feeling less than um you know i that time i probably could have been successful in that respect but i just i wasn't there yet myself Mm -hmm. yeah and i think that this pulls in perfectly the title, which is put on your big girl panties. We've all been there where things we fail, right? Failure is baked into success. And then we all have to put on our big girl panties and do what we need to do. You actually shut down a business and you made it into something else, right? Yeah. I've had tons of failures and I was cried my eyes out. I had to pull 2,500 SKUs, pay to put them in there, pay to take them back out, you know, from Amazon. So per piece, but, and you cry about it and you put your big girl panties on and you do it again. Yeah. And that's the same with video. You probably have that resilience built for you to be like, Ooh, if I fail epically at being on video or nobody shows up for this live, I'm just going to do it again because it's fine. Right. It's not how many times you fall. It's how many times you pick yourself up and put your big girl panties on. and Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think it's totally okay to fall. And I think it's okay to fail. And I think it's okay to close a business and open it back up again. And like, I, at the time I was like, everyone's watching me and I'm going to look like such a weirdo that like, I'm publicly closing this business. But I think like, nobody saw me that way, the way that I saw myself. And quite literally, like the materials that I had left over from making baby headbands, elastic, that became the first bra that I ever made. So it's just, it's really interesting. Like when I can zoom out from my own business and see like, well, I I had to go through that because otherwise I wouldn't have had this leftover elastic to make bras. And I think it did make me more resilient and I just sort of popped back up again and and just kept going. Yeah. I mean, um, we just got, Mina, you said something and they've quoted it now. Failure is baked into success. Oh, thank you, Maureen. (laughs) Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. Yes. Mm -hmm. So what's to come for your business in 2021? I know we're working with you in the masterminds. I know that um, you're in multi-stream machine. So is there any new uh, platform or sales platform that you want to get into? I know you've been growing your team, but what's What's to come for Hey Mavens? Yeah, I think when I'm looking at the year to come, I really want to repeat the good things that happened in 2020. Like basically this, the last six months of 2020 were great. And I just don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to do anything that's too drastic. I just want to um, maintain. That's kind of the big thing for me. But I have a bunch of new collections coming up. The Valentine's Day collection is coming up on the 15th of January. So we'll have like a month ahead of Valentine's Day. It's like a teeny tiny mini collection. And I'm really looking forward to that. But um, one of the big goals I have for 2021 is expanding my size range. I would really like to go from extra extra small to 10XL. Um, and I want to hone in um, a better fit, especially for the sizes that are 3X and up. Um, I want to work with some fit models and get things really, really honed in there um, so that things fit everybody really well. Amazing. I love it. All right. So I'd like to see if you have a tip that you can share with our product bosses, something that you think from your, from your experiences, what you can pass on. 
Yeah, I was thinking about sort of like, uh, I had my first five figure, five figure month in July. And I was like, how did that happen? What, what was the thing? And I think one of the biggest things was having help. That was sort of, um, I had finally um, hired a sewing team. I have my assistant that works with me three days a week. Um, and it really freed me up to have I just couldn't, I couldn't produce enough goods to make my goals. Like I didn't have enough time in the day to be sewing things, to be doing the marketing, to do the graphic design and the website and the shipping. Like I I'm one person and I literally couldn't do it. And so in a way I was holding myself back from even wanting to make that amount of money because the effort that it would take (laughs) was scary. And so having a team, um, I have about six or seven um, local women that just work sort of part-time contracted that sew for me. Um, And then I have my assistant that comes in three days a week. And that has been really instrumental on um, just just letting me have time to do stuff like, you know, eat and sleep and breathe. Um, but, but <laughs> the basic actually, things. Yeah, basic things. But it's put more inventory on my shelves. Um, so I would say, like, if you have the um, opportunity and the means to do that, even having, like, um, I, I know other business owners, especially moms that are like, I hire somebody to babysit my kids or somebody to clean my house instead of me having to clean the house. Like, if you can alleviate one area of your life by paying somebody else to do it. Now I want to pay everybody to do everything. Like I, um, I just hired a product photographer, so I'm not doing product photography in house anymore. And I'm like, yes, like take my money. Like I'm buying back my time. And that feels amazing. And you're building in time that you can show up for your customers, how you want to show up. Right. Yeah. So there's lots of things that we all do in our businesses that we're like, oh, I'm doing this, but that that holds me back from this other thing that could really inspire me or force me to show up or challenge me or, you know, all these different things. And I think that's what you really did really well, too, is that team opened up space for you to show up at a thousand times if need be, you know, and and you found the joy in that, too. Yeah, I find that there is time now for content. Like I before I was on this call, I was batching some reels. Like <laughs> I have time to make funny reels now that like <laughs> if I to pack and ship every single order, there'd be no way that I could show up and do that form of marketing. Like that would definitely fall to the bottom of the pile. But reels are really fun. And I've had some that have gotten like hundreds of thousands of views and it's helped my audience grow. So I'm like, okay, it was worth the time and I enjoy it. So yeah, you're right. I could show up because of the team. Mm-hmm. If anyone wants to see great reels and how a product-based business owner does really great reels that are um, entertaining and engaging, but also useful to your business, I would check out Humaven. So this is a great way to wrap this up. Thank you so much for sharing so much information. Would you mind telling our listeners how they can follow you, how they can buy from you and how they can share you? Sure. Yeah. So the best way to um, find me on the internet is heymavens.com. And then my Instagram handle is heymavensxo. Um, Somebody's squatting on heymavens. So if they would release that, I'd be thankful. Um, But it's heymavensxo on Instagram. Amazing. Thank you, Monica. Yeah. Thanks for having me. The virtual doors are now officially open for a multi-stream machine and we are thrilled because you know what this means? It means you can grab our exact turnkey system to 2X to 4X your sales and grow your revenue streams to create a sustainable business that makes you money in months, not years. It means you can go from a business with sales trickling in to a stable and growing business, one that supports itself and contributes to your income. Not only does this sound crazy exciting, but it is phenomenal. 
We've seen thousands of fellow product business owners thrive during these uncertain times because they have created two things in their business stability and options. It means 2020 will not stop you from growing your sales and revenue streams. The three important areas of a successful entrepreneur to-do list are create opportunities for more sales and more places, create repeatable systems that save you time and money, create visibility that creates awareness where your customers are actually buying. But where do you start? That's where Multi-Stream Machine comes in. We give you the step-by-step solutions minus the guesswork to transform your business and ultimately your life into the life you want. So Jacqueline, how does Multi-Stream Machine work? Well, it's a Netflix and binge style implementation program where you get access to the full course all at once because you know we hold nothing back. That means you'll get a complete step-by-step instruction so you can take action immediately and make money immediately. And here's what you'll learn. You'll learn how to make more sales, grab more visibility, and generate revenue from your products across multiple platforms. And these will work for you even during a year like 2020. So what are you waiting for? Multi-Stream Machine is open, but only for a very limited time. Click on the link in the show links or head to multistreammachine.com. We'll see you over there.